of, you know, I, I didn't get this far just to get this far. There is a purpose for me. Uh, there is a reason this dream is on my heart. Uh, I have a ability to serve people and that's what I'm put on this planet to do. So keeping all of these affirmations, visualizations, all of these things close to my heart really, really accelerated my ability to, to have that impact once I got my health back. Welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Vibe. On this show, your host, Vinky Lumba, brings highly successful industry professionals to learn from their life experiences and how their mindset played a huge role in their success, especially in building generational wealth with commercial real estate investing. By the way, the show is strictly for educational purposes and should not be considered legal accounting or investment advice. Please stay tuned. We have a free gift for you at the end. And also, if you like the show, don't forget to give us good ratings and comments below. Welcome to the Real Estate Wife Show. I'm your host, Winky Lumba. I have my good friend, Amy Silvers, with us today as our guest. Uh, prior to working in multifamily real estate, Amy spent three years in the pharmaceutical and biotech industries. She was drawn to the industry because she was able to serve people while they battle serious health challenges or conditions. Uh, while traveling on business, she picked up uh, this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Everybody knows that. And the light bulb went off. She realized that her skill set could serve even more people through multifamily real estate by providing clean, safe, affordable housing to working class families. By providing a powerful and proven investment vehicle for friends and family to participate in, and by pouring profits into the organizations that assist underprivileged and sick children. Wow, I love that. Today, she's an owner of Silvers Capital and an alliance partner with Quattro Capital. She has taken multiple deals in Alabama, Indiana, Georgia, Tennessee, and has continued to grow her portfolio with a goal of achieving five freedoms in the next couple of years. And today we'll discuss with her, overcoming your limitations. Welcome, Amy, to the Real Estate Wife Show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I know this has been a long time coming, and I just feel so grateful to be, be here to be able to add value to your listeners. Thank you. I feel honored that you're here to share your story with us. Thank you so much. So before we get started, I'm going to ask you my favorite question. If you can tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how did you become who you are today? Yes. So I'm a Los Angeles native. I still live here with my amazing husband, who's also a Los Angeles native. And I used to work in biotech. Uh, I had a strong interest in healthcare and drug development because I myself was born with a serious health condition called cystic fibrosis. It's a genetic disease that impacts my lungs and Truly, it has shaped everything about who I am, uh, why I am, and what my goals are in my life. Wow, great. So you want to talk about it a little bit more, uh, you know, help us understand what that condition is and how did you overcome that challenge? And then you came to this position in your life where you are today. Yes, yes. So one of the characteristics of cystic fibrosis is lungs deteriorating, sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly over time. When I was born in 1981, I'm 41 years old. I love to brag about it. And you'll see, <laughs> I was only supposed to live to be about 16 or 18 years old. My parents were told uh, in the early 80s that the prognosis for this genetic illness uh, and the health of my lungs was, was pretty poor. So as I was growing up, going to uh, elementary school, high school, and eventually college, I really wasn't sure 
what the future would hold, or even if I was spending my time in a way uh, that was smart, giving, given kind of the statistics of what my limited lifespan would likely be. Um, and I really, I really was in and out of the hospital uh, for weeks and weeks on end every year with pneumonia, uh, battling really severe infections that constantly interrupted just my ability to live an everyday life. Uh, fast forward, we now have a miracle medication for, for the illness that came to the market nearly three years ago. But, um, you know, I think you may agree. I think your listeners may agree. There are gifts that can come with life challenges. Uh, it may not always feel like that at the time, but I definitely see this illness and overcoming it uh, as an important part of my story and helping me have empathy and love for other people who go through struggles in life. That's how you said you started in the pharmaceutical or in the medical field, right? And you do some uh, philanthropic work too. You want to talk yes. about that? Yes, absolutely. So myself, you know, I mentioned this miracle medication that has transformed my life and my health and it has from the cystic fibrosis community. About 10% of people with CF, unfortunately, don't benefit from this medication. So I am extremely dedicated both uh, you know, research-wise, philanthropically, monetary-wise uh, to donate and make sure that the last 10% of people with CF can live the healthy life that, that I live. And uh, yeah, we have other philanthropic, my husband and I, in terms of uh, other philanthropic goals with inner city children here in Los Angeles, which we can talk about if you'd like, but uh, the health uh, philanthropic goals, healthcare philanthropic goals are, are definitely close to and near and dear to my heart. Wow, great. So let's talk about your real estate journey. You said you read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So what was the impact? Yes. Well, as you can imagine, knowing from a very young age that I'd likely maybe die young or have severe you know, limitations in terms of what I could do on a day to day basis from not being able to breathe well or, uh, you know, being in and out of the hospital. I was always looking for a way to be able to support myself financially. My, my parents sacrificed so much, as you can probably imagine, growing up with a disabled child. The last thing I wanted to do as an adult was to have to ask them to financially support me. So I was always desperately looking for a way to be able to, to support myself. And I grew up with, in a very humble uh, household. My parents are just the average middle-class folks. And this concept of investing or passive income was just never anything that was discussed in my family. It wasn't really a part of my world. So once I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you can imagine the paradigm shift that I had of understanding, oh my gosh, I can passively invest. I can have money made, whether I'm in the hospital, whether I'm sick uh, or whether I'm well, you know, our apartments, our commercial real estate investments always uh, generate money, regardless of how we're spending our time. So this paradigm shift really gave me a lot of hope and encouragement that I could be self-sustaining and even build wealth for myself in the future. So you're talking about um, breaking your barriers or breaking your limitations because you were born with some odd disease that, you know, like average person does not understand that. So yeah. that gave you inner strength so much that you were able to pretty much achieve anything or everything in life. Oh, always bumps in the road, right? I wish I wish it was that perfect and that smooth. But yes, I had so many moments where, you know, I had to really decide if I wanted to, you know, move forward and continue to challenge myself. If I could, you know, hold and maintain hope 
Or if I just wanted to give up and say, you know, I've been dealt a really difficult, you know, hand in life through no fault of my own. Uh, and, you know, woe was me. So I had so many different pivot points. Uh, and, you know, fortunately, uh, having health challenges like that really did help me see both personally and, of course, professionally, the value of being determined, of having the right mindset, of having a positive outlook, not just for myself, but for others around me that I want to serve and to be able to help. So it's basically, you know, I heard this saying before, they say, if life gives you lemons, you make the lemonade. And that's what you're the perfect example of that. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question, you know, uh, I mean, people take things differently. If somebody comes with this kind of disease or something like that, they'll just might go down the hill in a whirlpool or in a dark space, never wanting to come out. So what tools and techniques that help you, some books maybe, or some courses, some mentorship programs, what worked for you that you can share with us today? You know, I, it was really mindset work. Uh, you know, of course, I was very blessed to be raised with parents uh, that didn't really put limitations on me and supported and encouraged me. Um, I have faith. I think maybe a lot of us have some sort of higher power or, you know, greater meaning that we believe in uh, that gives us that that type of mentality. But really having having the the tenacity and maintaining hope is really a skill uh, that I think maybe society teaches us. So, you know, either we're born with it or we're not. But for me, really, you know, um, as you mentioned, reading books, even books like Think and Grow Rich, uh, mindset books like that, that really taught me, you know, what my mind can believe I can achieve, which exactly. sounds a little out there, but it's true. It is true. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for the affirmation. Uh, thanks for validating that because everybody should know that, that everybody has that inner power to yes. achieve anything and everything in this lifetime, which is the mindset, you know, yes. we create our own limitations. So can you talk about that? You know, how we create our own limitations and then we have, a, have the power to break those limitations, right? And create the life, that. the life we want because we are the creators. Please talk about that a little bit. You're you're spot on. You know, it, it is amazing for me to understand as I study the brain and the human mind, how many thoughts that go on below our consciousness, below our awareness that we don't even realize are going on. And that may sound like we don't really have control over our thoughts or over ourselves. But really, there are so many ways that we can guide our subconscious, which then guides our conscious and how we create our world. There are ways, meditation, affirmations. Um, we really are in so much more control of our reality than we realize. And if we go ahead to your point and program our mind proactively, we can really instruct our brain for what information, what opportunities we're consciously aware of that can direct us towards the goals that we're hoping to realize. It's, it's quite empowering. It is. It is. It's just like the key in just being present, being mm. present in the present moment. And it's very important to do that because if you're present in the present moment, you have a better decision making mm. capabilities. Is that true? I, I agree completely. Yes. And I think we're so trained as a society, at least in the U.S., of thinking about the past or projecting into the future. We're never really living in that present moment. And again, that's a skill. At least it has been for me. It's not something that ever came naturally. I have to be very intentional about minding my thoughts and, and really being conscious of what I'm focusing on in the here and now. Great. So share with me, how did you acquire this skill to stay in the present moment or live in the present moment? You know, meditation has been a, a such a tremendous help 
Um, you know, I, I have a very busy mind. I don't know if any of your listeners are like me where again, just maybe the typical, you know, person that lives in the U S where I've got a lot of things going on and my mind almost has a light, a mind of its own, but through studying, you know, neuroplasticity and understanding how I can physically change my brain through this incredible exercise of meditation and, you know, specifically what practices I do that twice a day. I'm very intentional uh, about understanding how my brain works and how I can shape it to make me more present and almost be a passive observer of my thoughts instead of being kind of overwhelmed by my thoughts, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And that's just being the observer. That's where the pause is. That's where you're going to learn how to respond versus react. And most of the people are reacting all the time because there's so much noise all around us. Yes. Not yes. their fault because that's the way our grooming is from the very childhood, you know. And that's why we have all those limitations around us. Yes. So I'm going to ask you this question. A lot of people, they think meditation when they heard the, hear the word meditation. Like, oh my God, how do I do that? I can never do that. I can never sit still. I can never do anything. How do you meditate? So shed some light on that, please. I've shared that same thought. Uh, I'm a pretty active doer. I'm high energy. Uh, so exactly what you said, the concept of sitting down and resting my mind. And, you know, I'm kind of a type A perfectionist, if you will. <laughs> so, um, but the real shift for me was, you know, meditation isn't about perfection. It's about practice. It's about uh, not doing it perfectly. I think some people even think you have to clear your mind and not think about anything. No, no, no. I mean, you know, people have different opinions, but for me, you know, sometimes I'll do a body scan and just pay attention to the, the feeling at the top of my head or, uh, you know, think about a mantra and focus on that and just keep my mind honed in on something. And do I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. But the benefits from meditating don't come from perfection. They come from practice. And in fact, if you do get distracted, the benefit uh, and Vicky, I'd love to hear if you agree, but from what I understand, the benefit of being distracted is you can pull yourself back into the present moment and focus. And that's when your brain begins to start changing for the positive. So yeah, throw out that perfection, uh, just do it, just get started regardless of, of you know how well you do it, quote unquote. That's true. I love that. You know, there is no perfection in this world. Perfection is embracing the imperfection. I love that. That's a big quote. I love that. You're spot on. That's how, that's where the growth is. Mm. Yes. Otherwise you're just looking for the perfect time, perfect clothing, perfect everything that never happens and you never grow. Never happens. And kind are of limiting yourself all the time. So yeah. let's talk about your real estate journey. You know, I'm very fascinated about you, you know, coming from the medical field and going into real estate and then scaling that big. So um, talk to me about your first deal. Uh, how did that come about after reading the book? What happened? My first deal took 10 years, believe it or not. From the time I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and thought, oh my gosh, I have got to get into real estate from the time. And then I closed my first deal. 10 long years of health challenges, of being in and out of the hospital, of, of trying uh, to buy certain deals that fell apart. All of it, all of it, all of it happened. But the good news is I had to medically retire uh, in 2017 because my gut so bad. Uh, now, why would that be good news? How could I possibly say that, you know, having to stop this amazing biotech career that I loved and was so fulfilling was good news? I don't know that I would have made the leap into investing in real estate full time had I not been forced 
to quit that job. So uh, I didn't feel like it at the time, though. I have to tell you, I was quite sad. I was quite um, defeated that my health really got the best of me. And, uh, you know, despite trying to get into real estate, despite trying to have a regular W-2 in biotech, I failed at both. But it was really a pivot point for me because two years later in 2019, I got this amazing medication that changed my health. And I spent all of those years trying and failing and educating. This was all just laying the groundwork to what is now a very successful real estate career uh, where I get to serve many people, my investors and, and residents alike. Wow, that's good. So all this time you are trying to be positive and doing some visualization that you're going to be doing that and that kept you going. Absolutely. The mindset work uh, and just the dogged determination of, you know, I, I didn't get this far just to get this far. There is a purpose for me. Uh, there is a reason this dream is on my heart. Uh, I have a ability to serve people and that's what I'm put on this planet to do. So keeping all of these affirmations, visualizations, all of these things close to my heart really, really accelerated my ability to, to have that impact once I got my health back. How did you join hands with Quattro Capital? I think that was the first deal you did with them. Yes, yes. So that's about your first deal with Quattro. Yes. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, I'm Silvis Capital, so I'm the I'm the founder and principal there. All of us in real estate realize this is a team sport. So finding people with complementary skills, uh, with you know, some people have capital to deploy, some people have um, have deals that they find that they're that they're excited to. To bring across the finish line. So yes, I had passively invested with Quattro Capital uh, in a JV. So I guess it wasn't technically passive, but it was a JV deal because getting to know people that I do business with is so important. Do we have the same values? Do we have the same ethics? Do we see, is our model of the world the same? And that was really uh, important to me. So getting to know Quattro was incredibly impactful. And then yes, I found a deal in Clarksville, Tennessee, that I was so excited to partner with folks on and Quattro seemed to be uh, a great fit. I haven't done all of my deals with them, but I've done quite a number and you know they've been great business partners for me. That's good. So when did you do your first syndication? So the very first one was a little over two and a half years ago. Great. And where is that? That was the one in Clarksville, Tennessee. Yes. Oh, that's the one. That's a JV deal or that's a syndication? So that was a syndication. Yeah. The the first JV deal, the one that I invested in that I mentioned was actually in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, nice. So when you did the first syndication, how what was your role in that deal? So I found the deal. So uh, yes, yes. Due diligence, underwriting, all of those great things. And then uh, owner and operator as well, actively on the asset management side, uh, renovations, construction, all of those great things. So share with me, uh, you said you found the deal. How did you find the deal? Or what kind of effort is needed to find the right deal? Because it's just kind of looking a needle in the haystack. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, you are, you are spot on, especially now with interest rates that are a bit higher. Um, yeah, you know, it's really, this is a relationship business, right? So getting to know brokers, helping them understand what you're looking for. And of course, how you can provide value to them. They make money when they close deals. Um, and then, you know, I, this deal wasn't specific to this, but I have had deals where you get to know uh, owners directly and there isn't even a broker involved. Uh, and that can be another way to source deals. It does take a while, but oh, it's so worth it. So are you still doing that, you know, building the relationship? Are you doing something different uh, than the rest of the people in the industry? I mean, basically, 
uh, trying to ask the question is how you're differentiating yourself when you're looking for the deals. Yes. Yeah. So I, I still look for deals and I also connect people with great deals. So I, I work on the investor relations side as well. So I do, I do all of it, which I really enjoy, but yes, it, it is, it can be tough to source deals, but I continue to build those relationships and, and find success that way. So you're building relationships and through that relationship, you're finding the deals. You're yes. Okay. And then you said you have an investor relations too. So mm-hmm. are you raising capital? Yes. So the SEC is very strict about the terms that we use. So I say that I do investor investor relations. Uh, and yes, you know, living in Los Angeles, there are so many folks that are looking to deploy capital, as you can imagine. California isn't really the best market to own and operate real estate. So it is really a privilege to be able to connect people with deals that fit their investment criteria that may help them get the returns and, and build the wealth and legacy that they're looking for. Can you share with me some tips that work for you in the capital raising or how was your first capital raise like? Yes. You know, it's, it's, I think a lot of people get stuck in the capital raising space or the investor relations space on having to sell people or get people to do something. And truly we're simply presenting opportunities. Everyone understands how amazing multifamily real estate is or commercial real estate as a whole. Uh, the, you know, legacy of wealth building, how it's performed uh, over centuries. So I think really having the disposition of how can I serve somebody? How can I help them with their goals as opposed to focusing on myself, focusing on other people and what they're looking to do is has been incredibly impactful for me. I do a lot on LinkedIn, providing content, helping people understand a bit more about this space. Um, and then, yeah, of course, in Los Angeles, just talking a bit about what I do uh, and it piques people's curiosity. You mentioned LinkedIn. Yes. Are you doing daily posts on LinkedIn? How do you use the LinkedIn tool to the best that benefits you? Yes, I do post daily on LinkedIn. There's always something to talk about, about what I'm doing, what I'm up to. Again, try to add value. I don't necessarily advertise what I do, but try to provide information, encouragement, things like that. Uh, and I also, yeah, connect with people that have known me throughout my career and again, let them know what I'm up to. And a lot of people are very interested to learn more. Um, that's true, because a lot of times we just hesitate uh, hesitant or not like to share whatever we are doing. So the right. best thing in this industry is to share whatever you're doing and make connections and nurture them. Right. That's the best yes. skills Agre- that we need to have. <laughs> yes. Agree. Agree completely. Oh, that's good. So are you a LP now or GP? What is your current status? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, I do a lot of GP deals, co-GP with folks. Uh, I haven't passively invested in quite a while just because, you know, my own deals I love. So I invest in those myself uh, because they're that good. So yeah, that's currently what I'm doing. So yeah, uh, you join hands with other team Quattro is I think um, your go-to team, right? That yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm business partners with them. I have other business partners. I have one currently uh, with actually an industrial deal. It's a 506C, so I can talk about it. Um, with FTW Investments, uh, Logan Freeman and, and a bunch of folks there in the Midwest are absolutely incredible people. So yeah, there are always incredible partnerships with aligned values and goals um, that we are so fortunate to be able to explore here in this space. Great. Uh, so you're looking to sponsor your own deals at some point? 
Uh, not yet at the, uh, not at this point, but yeah, I'm sure down the road. Uh, you know, I really have not to beat a dead horse, but I love to be able to serve others and find ways that I'm helpful. So if that is something in the future uh, that's helpful to myself or maybe other people that that need a sponsor, absolutely open to that, but haven't explored that as of yet. Having played both roles or multiple roles, I would say, but I'm going to focus only on two, yes. on the LP role and the GP role. So you started as an LP and mm-hmm. grew into the GP. And I do see a lot of aspiring uh, GPs out there, you know, because they are looking to be general partners. Yes. Just sitting on the sidelines. So what would you advise them uh, having the flavor of both, you know, which is better uh, you know, just being uh, LP or just 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 waiting on the sidelines to find the right deal to ride the bandwagon as, an, as a GP. This is such a profound question, and I get I get it a lot. And and um, you know, the truth really is, it depends on people's goals. I think there are some people I speak to that are highly successful W two people. They have a great career that they love that they're not looking to get away from. A family that keeps them busy that they love and hobbies. They don't, they necessarily don't want to create a whole other job for themselves by being a general partner on a deal. So being a passive investor, making money while they work, sleep, you know, have hobbies or with family, being an LP can be incredibly helpful for them. But on the other side, there are some people that are looking to either pivot or want to do uh, real estate full time, maybe have a spouse that can work with them. And so creating a second job, because being a GP really isn't all that passive. Uh, there's, there's quite a bit of work, as you know, to do. Um, so yeah, I, I think if, if those are people's goals, GP can be really impactful for me. I wanted to make a career out of this. I wanted to do it on the active side. So learning as an LP, getting exposure, seeing what good looked like. And of course, generating, uh, some passive income was helpful, uh, to be able to make that transition into the GP spot. So maybe not as straightforward of an answer to your question, but it's truly how I think through this. I think this is a great answer because, uh, a lot of people's hesitation is just like, oh, I wanted to save my money. I don't want it to uh, just invest with somebody else. I just wanted to right. find my own deal. And to right. me, again, this is my perspective. To me, I'm just waiting on the time and then I'm losing time while I could have just, you know, multiplied that money Ooh. sitting on the sidelines while I'm looking to be a GP. You know yes. what I'm saying? So, oh, completely. Yeah. So I started as an LP too. So that's the ah. reason I wanted to hear your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so smart. And you can, you know, a lot of people are looking to build relationships with GPs, get experience. What a great way to do that. I mean, that's what I did. Uh, what a great way to have people get to know you uh, by passively investing in their deals and, and building that relationship. Um, I'm proof of that. It can work well. I know exactly. I love that. So I would like to ask you, share one golden nugget with my audience. Share one what? Golden nugget. Share one golden yes. nugget with my okay. audience. Uh, you know, you can go further faster with a team. Uh, if you're anything like me, you know, you're used to doing things well, doing things yourself. And, you know, once I really figured out in the real estate space that how effective I could be, how much further, faster I could go with my goals by partnering with other people, like-minded people, uh, my career really took off. So I would recommend if you're, if you're flying solo, if you're doing things on your own, find some like-minded folks, partner up with them, and you'll be amazed at how your trajectory changes for the positive. So now uh, I got another question for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is was a really good answer. How did you build your team or how do you find the right partners? 
Yes. So passively investing is obviously a great tool that worked really well with the, with the first team that I that I worked with. This is a small community, uh, and a lot of people network. A lot of people have worked with each other. So attending networking events, attending conferences, just having amazing conversations like this, uh, you know, you really get a sense of of who people are, what their reputation is what their guiding light is. I know, Vinky, you and I really care about philanthropy. It drives a lot about what we do. Um, so yeah, and you know, nothing is right, wrong, good or bad. It's just what aligns with you, what resonates with your heart. And I think networking like that can, can be extremely effective. Yeah, you said it very well, you know, because having the right network around you and just going through this uh, storming, norming, forming exercise, you know, finding the right partner yes. really helps because unless or until you try, you do not know if you can partner with somebody or no. So uh, taking an action, making a move, that's the best yes. way you can do it. Moving the needle on a daily basis. And uh, I love that. Thank you so much. So this brings us to our vibe rapid fire round. I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you five questions and you're going to answer in one word or one sentence only. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. What is one of the best skills that you have learned over the years that work for you all the time? Tenacity. I love that. (laughs) What is the best book that you've read or recommend to my audience other than Rich Dad Poor Dad? (laughs) You already told me that. (laughs) Fair. There's a book called The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. It is a history of of the world monetary system. It's a little out there. But I think it's really important, especially times of high inflation like this, to really understand how the monetary system works, because I think it informs how we invest and how we can best protect ourselves and preserve our wealth. Great. Thank you. What is your biggest passion? Philanthropy. In one word, what does life mean to you? Giving. If you get a chance to change something in your life right now or just going back into your previous life, what would that be and why? Gosh, that's a tough one. I've always wanted to be a good singer. <laughs> that's a little bit of a lighter <laughs> side. You can still do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but why you wanted to become singer? You know, I I don't think I necessarily want to do it professionally, but I just think that there's something really beautiful about being able to create music. You know, I can play instruments, but I just don't have that great of a voice. I don't really have kind of a natural tune. It's okay. I'm not putting myself down. You know, we all have our own gifts, but I think the joy and the beauty that you can give people, I I see the people that sing, it's just such an impactful way to to bring beauty and joy to people's lives. I just think it would be a cool thing to be able to do uh, well. Yeah, I think so too, because the reason I asked you this question is I was hoping that you'll say that because the way I understand is the people who are musically inclined, their brains are wired differently. Yes. They are tapping into the higher realms. Yes. Most often, like you say, you meditate, right? So they don't need a meditation. Music is a meditation. I love that. Oh, you gave me goosebumps. You're spot on. I think you're absolutely spot on. I agree. Mm-hmm. So how can people reach out to you, Amy? Yes. So you can go to silviscapital.com. I know that's a, a bit of an interesting spelling, but I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes, Vinky. I will, <laughs> and, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, you can learn all about me there. And if you add silviscapital.com backslash webinar, you can learn and watch a little bit of a video about how we work, how we operate, and what we've done in the real estate space. 
Thanks for coming to my show, Amy. Seriously, I love you being here today. Oh, thank you so much. This was lovely. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. As promised, we have a free ebook for you. Seven reasons why real estate syndication build long-term wealth. Please go to our website, www.lumbainvest.com to download your free copy today. See you next week with another awesome guest.